0: Hello and welcome to episode 122 of Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. My name's Sam Davis and on this show we've got a playoff Early preview because we now know who the other three teams are going to be after Reading's draw with Swansea on Sunday lunchtime. We just don't know which team or teams will play and in which order. So, yeah, the aforementioned Swans will be joining the Cherries, Brentford, and Barnsley, and one of those teams is going to be the lucky winner of the lottery ticket that is Premier League football. I mean, yes, it's an awful league where a quarter of the games are write-offs, it has the dreaded VAR and it has Burnley, but it does provide the financial muscle for Cherries to continue to pick up from where we left off in terms of building a legacy. Let's face it, this season's been weird. Lots of hope to no hope. And then a certain Jonathan Woodgate coming in to oversee a seven-game winning run. But we were brought back down to earth on Saturday. Brentford providing a masterclass of how to stop Dan Juma, how to negate our threats and how peppering our goal with shots ultimately will result in one of them going in. And it did. So does this loss provide the reset that we need? We discuss all things AFCB with Tom Jordan, Neil Dawson and Mr Tiggs. We've got the boys here to chat about the Brentford defeat. So firstly, it's Tom Jordan. Tom, how are you? Yeah, all good, mate. All good. We've also got Tiggs here as well. Tiggs, how you doing?
2: Hey, honey. How are you? Is that a bee joke? That's a bee joke. Yeah. Do you like it?
0: It was. Tom, I was I was very disappointed I didn't have one from you. Can I have one? Well, you know, after the defeat, I'm not exactly
3: buzzing. I'm not going to start... Um, oh, well, uh, well done.
0: All right, all right. Fair play. We've also got Neil Dawson here as well. Neil, how are you?
3: I'm oh, very good. That weekend had a sting in the tail, didn't it,
0: for us? <laughs> Loving the puns. Tom, a hard one to sum up on Saturday because we were as good as confirmed a playoff place before the game and we made four changes... But no matter what the result was, I think we actually wanted to see a bit of continuity in terms of the positive football that we saw recently. But by half two yesterday, I don't know about you, but um, we were feeling all a bit left. Well, very empty and bereft after that, weren't we?
1: Yeah, it was a disappointing one. I think um, think it's very, very difficult to say in terms of, you know, with the team selection and a few changes. We obviously know Kelly was enforced. I don't think Stacey Smith is, is, you know, we've done that a few times anyway. And you know we got we got to trust Woody that he knows the players' fatigue and fitness levels at the moment. Um, and listen, yeah, Pearson's been great, and I think we all wanted to, stay, to keep him in. We're bringing in Jack Wilshere. It's not like we're not bringing in someone with a lot of quality. And obviously, stands back now. And Brooks has played a lot of football. And this was the first time, wasn't it? it was uh, we only played on the Wednesday, so it didn't. I, I would have liked to have seen not quite as many changes. I would have liked to see Pearson still in there, but it was still a good enough side. But yeah, like you say. Unfortunately, they had a bit too much for us. Um, it, was a, it was a disappointing performance, but I was also impressed by Brentford, to be fair, and the way they went about things with the sending off and everything as well. So um, they did deserve the win, didn't they?
0: Yeah, they did. And Neil, Brentford, strong side. And we're probably going to face them again, which is kind of scary, isn't it?
3: Uh, yeah, apart from the fact they can't play in playoffs, can they? So they've had eight, I think, eight appearances in the playoffs. And they've never they've never come through it once as the victors, um, whereas we've only not come through it once. I think there's a lot of psychological pressure on Brentford um, because to do it eight times. Imagine if that was us. I mean, the fans will be very very nervous. I know the fans aren't in the ground, but they'll be very very nervous. And I think these things seep through a club. Uh, and they've been, you know, last year they did the double over Fulham, and uh, and then lost them in the playoffs. Uh, so I, I think we're good enough to do exactly the same to them as Fulham did. I
2: can't remember who said it. Somebody said it a couple of weeks ago. It's a, it's a new league, isn't it? When you go into the playoffs, it's a new start. Would you go into the start of a new season worrying about that? I don't think you would. I don't yeah. think you would. So um, I there is a psychological thing there, but also there is the thing that we really, really, really want to beat them now, don't we? I mean, if they, if they beat us twice, the, the boys are going to learn from that, hopefully, and turn it round and get a good performance out of us against them.
0: And someone harped back to 2003 on Twitter where Lincoln beat us twice that season, which I wasn't yeah. aware of, and Neil, we turned up and um, smashed them 5-2. So a repeat would be nice, eh? Yeah,
3: yeah. and I think uh, it was a similar sort of thing. Lincoln were quite a physically strong side uh, and pressed us, but once we got them on a really big pitch, um, they couldn't They couldn't keep up that level of pressing. And uh, I think with Wembley as well, um, you know, saps legs, isn't it? Uh, and I think A better footballing side that moves the ball uh, will be an advantage, certainly playing at Wembley. So, yeah, it could be be, not that Lincoln was at Wembley. It was obviously it was at the Millennium, but it could be that all over again.
0: Yeah, so let's go through the teams then, Tom. Half past 11, four changes, some of which we sort of knew. But um, what were your thoughts on the team when you saw it?
1: Yeah, I think like I like I said earlier, I thought uh, it was always interesting to me because we had pretty much guaranteed it. So I thought, will there if there are any changes, it will probably be down to fatigue and fitness levels. Um, Brooksy's only just come back. We did play on Wednesday, and would get to we know we've got a week now until the next game, and then there's another week till the next game. So this was probably why he might make a few. Um, yeah, I would have liked to have seen Pearson. I think he's been great, and the um, but. Jack Wilson's the top player. So, yeah, I, I still felt we would... I think they made... Um, I think it was the lad that come on for him, wasn't it? And Buemo, I think he was... Yeah. He liked being rested for them as well. They were, they'd were. done a few as well. So, um, yeah, I, I would have liked to see seen Pearson, but I knew it would be a tough game anyway, to be fair. And I think um, what was key is what we'll get on to is the fact that our, our big players at the moment that have been performing for us and getting big goals just were sniffed out and probably a bit they were off par, but also... Brentford were tactically very good, I felt, against us, and literally made Dan Juma, for example, was invisible, wasn't it? Frenetic
0: start. Fast, wasn't it? And we, we could have taken the lead within, what, 15 seconds or so?
2: Yeah, I mean, I couldn't I couldn't believe it, to be honest with you, the way that the, the game started. <laughs> and uh, I really thought that we were going to get a goal. We did have our chances. We had so many chances. Um, uh, and when uh, I did mean, quite an early chance was the slip. Uh, Who was it? Was it Stanislas? Wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Who slipped. And I thought, you know, they got to be, they got to be pulling my leg here. Uh, But so I'm just trying to get my puns in. You're right. It was a frenetic start. Um, I thought we had, I thought we had them. I thought we had them on, on toast. I really did. And I thought we were going to beat them quite comfortably. Uh, And it really confused me on how we missed our chances. And then they just started coming back into the game. Yeah. And it just shows you, doesn't it? Imagine if we put one of those two chances away that we got early. That would have me a completely different game. I'm, I'm sure of it because our confidence would have been different and they would have reacted differently to our players. But they didn't. We didn't, yeah. we didn't take those chances. Yeah, Solanke just
0: overran it. That was in the first, you know, few seconds really, and then Stanislas a golden opportunity. It was there was so much going on. It's fre- uh, frenetic. It was like a hive of activity. And uh, when <laughs> when Stanislas had that, sh- I mean, it's, we've talked about overwatering the pitch, Neil, but his his legs went from beneath him and then he skied it. But that really could have set the tone, couldn't it? Yeah.
3: Apparently. I mean, he's he's such a waspish little player, boy, he, <laughs> and he uh, he crept into the. He crept into the box. Um, I've, I've always maintained he's a completely different player on the right wing to so he is on the left. Um, it, just things yeah. don't seem to come to him at the right time or or his body shape be all right. Um, so Solanke did really well to slip him through. And normally you would think Stanislas... It, He's a, got a great right foot on him, uh, and I thought that was going across the goalkeeper bottom left-hand corner. But he yeah. he slipped on his standing foot. We um, talked a lot about how much we water the pitch. I mean really, it's ridiculous how much we water the pitch, isn't it? It's obviously for a reason, but certainly his standing leg gave way, and then he shanked it in, over the into the car park. So, uh, but it's a shame because, like Tig said, that would have these things set the tone all different for the rest of the game.
0: Yeah, and it seems like we were bumbling our chances throughout the first part of the game. And Brentford were doing the same, though, Tom. I mean, they had a, they had a load of opportunities, but Ivan Tony showed how much of a handful mm. he was. Because uh, he's, he's robust, he's physical. He was sort of playing on the left at one stage, and then he moved over to the right. But he was on the end of a number of chances, and one of which I would have sworn was going in the back of the net and he tried to put it between Begovic's legs and thankfully like, Azmir just fell on the ball.
1: Yeah, he's, I couldn't believe uh, during the game how good Ivan Tony's first touch was as well. He's a very good player. And um, if they don't go up, which hopefully they won't, um, I can't see a uh, Premier League team not snapping him up. because so He's a really good player. But yeah, when he went for one goal, you just thought, you know, look at his cold scoring record. You're thinking what well, he's put... So it's weird how it was a poor finish, really. Do you know what I mean? If that was... um. You know, if Solanke or someone had done that fish, everyone has said see it's not a goal scorer, but that was a that's a goal scorer. Yeah. not Ivan Tony. So it was weird. I, I really I couldn't believe it. But yeah, I thought I thought he was a handful and we were struggling to cope with him. And it was a cookie, was that the one where it was a cookie kind of error to let him through? Did the cookie kind of slip mm. over?
0: Yeah. Did, yeah.
1: And um that was that that seems to be happening a lot. I know a lot of people because we all love cookie and he's he makes I think just before that he made an amazing like kind of goal line clearance, did, which you yeah. see through every game. And then he done a, a silly slip that let him in, which he seems to do every get. He's like he always seems to have that that moment of madness in him. But then he also does a goal saving challenge, block, clearance, whatever you want to call it. So really weird. But um, yeah, that was just a just a slip. But luckily for us, Begovic was was there as he has been all season. But yeah, he was. You could tell he was he was a threat for him. Um, Tony He's a really good player, so it was good that we we kept him relatively quiet. But yeah, he, sh- he should have finished that one, shouldn't he?
0: When we played Millwall-Tigs, they went through at the back and we were all questioning why they did that and mm. we took advantage because the, the players weren't technically good enough to to actually use that formation. But the difference was Brentford's were. And Keith Thomas is a tactical genius from Milford on sea always comes on the pod. And he, he was waxing lyrical about the fact that Brentford were doing this. We tried it. It didn't really work. Why was it so different for Brentford?
2: Do you know, I don't really know. I, I suppose... It... I think that's a system they've had going for a couple of seasons now, though, isn't it? I don't think they've they've just adopted that this season. I'm sure someone will correct me if I'm wrong, but um I really don't know. I think it also it's the way that their midfield helps their defense as well. Um and when it came to, for example, Dan Juma on the left, you saw three players coming out to to come and get to him, um, mm. which was really good. We didn't do that when we played through at the back, definitely not. Um, we allowed a lot of space there. We'd have one man, usually Rico, bless him, uh, trying to struggle back there. And Dan Juma wasn't coming kind of back to help him. Dan Juma is doing a bit more of that kind of work now, but still that three at the back probably wouldn't work for us. I think it allows too many little spaces and pockets. Um But yeah, they worked it really, really well. And it was it was odd to have the Millwall game three at the back and thinking, oh, what's gonna happen? And we just smashed them. And then we play another three at the back and you think, well, Dan Juma's gonna get that space. Stanislas should get some space, and, and he, they didn't.
0: You're talking Stanislas or Stanislas?
2: Stanislaus. <laughs> how,
0: annoying,
3: how annoying was that?
1: How long has how long has he been you know, commentating on Stanislas? How, how long? How has no one said to him? How to pronounce it? Mm. It's not difficult, is it? Yeah, it's written, as <laughs> really he does that. But so many commentators have done that, haven't they? With Stanislas. I mean, yeah. Well,
0: completely. even uh, you know Chris Temple has educated Willow a number of times, but he. He keeps on saying Stanislaus. I, I don't understand. But he was very quiet, I thought, by the way, during um, most of, of, the, of the match, apart from that uh, first chance he had. But Ivan Tony seemed to get in loads of situations. And as we alluded to, he had that shot that Begovic saved, flushed one past the post and at half-time nil. Uh, nil-nil it was. And what were your thoughts? I mean, I thought that Brentford were um, were showing us up in in many ways, judging by the fact that at half-time, I think our shot count was, I think we had one shot to Brentford's six or seven.
3: Yeah. I mean, possession was more even than that. So they kept saying yeah. that they on Sky that the statistics didn't represent the game. And the first half was an even game. Um, it's just they were better in the final third, but possession-wise, it, it was pretty even. I thought it was an ex- it was a game of two halves. It was an excellent first half. The second half was like a pre-season friendly. It was tedious beyond belief. Uh, but the first half... Um, didn't quite match the quality of when we played them up there, which was a brilliant game all the way through. But um, but yeah, no, I, was, I was relatively comfortable because I thought, I thought we might make some changes or I thought we might do things a little bit differently. I thought they won't be able to keep Dan Juma as quiet in the second half as in the first, but I was wrong because uh, none of those things came to pass.
0: No, they didn't. So on 50 minutes, challenge from Jansen Tiggs, who'd already got booked. on Dan Juma off the ball and he was sent his marching orders and it's quite nice to see that the referee actually sent him off it was uh, two yellow cards but really arguably it should have been three by that point anyway but we got to the right decision and so where's your mindset at you know given the fact that Norwich went down to 10 men um, you know we should be grabbing the ball by the horns and and taking the game to Brentford but it had the opposite effect
2: yeah it really did I I think I don't know if it's because Norwich were a, a Premier ex-Premier League team, or we we know them so well. I just feel like sometimes we get a little bit ahead of ourselves when we play some teams. I think when Brentford went down to 10, maybe we just thought, well, we'll, we'll be fine now, we'll be able to do it. Maybe we thought that they didn't have a goal threat anymore, which was obviously incorrect. Well, I get a real bee in my bonnet about this, because I, I remember us through lots and lots of seasons and lots of managers having this same kind of laxadaisical approach to... So, oh, we've got good players, so we'll, we will get a goal. We will win the game. And, yeah, sometimes that happens, and it has happened, and it happened quite a, quite a bit under Tyndall, to be fair. But, you know, the team that worked the hardest, and if, if you're working against 10 or you're working against 11, you should still be working harder than your opposition. That's the way you're going to win the game. So, yeah, that is disappointing, because we could have won it, undoubtedly. And what I found really interesting as well is how late we decided to make a formation change, because... What works we know against ten men last time was changing to that four four two, so maybe if we'd made that change a bit quicker, it would have been different.
3: It was that was a, that was the oddest thing because I was expecting it straight away because yeah. it was it is a completely tried and tested formula a few weeks ago, so I thought here we go Surridge will come straight on and when it never happened, you saw was really really weird that we didn't do that because we went far more direct didn't we with. Against Norwich and had yeah. the two up front hit the wings. We didn't do any of that, even though we had the same scenario.
1: Yeah, I, I thought the same because I thought that I thought it was like a bit of both in the sense that Woodgate should have bought on, like, like we just said because he did that against Norwich and it helped us. But the players should have moved the ball quicker. That's what worked against Norwich is we moved the ball so much quicker. We were so so much slower on the ball, and that's mm. when you play against ten men, it just gives them their chance to get their their stall set. Um, but equally we kind of, we're, we're going to be quicker and more direct if Surridge was on and we had two up. So I think it was a bit of both. And also the fact that I felt, obviously Norwich are a good side, but I felt Brentford coped better going down to 10. They they, they just did. I don't know why, whether they worked with it better, but Norwich seemed to still want to play kind of the same way with a man less. Whereas I felt Brentford adapted really well. Um, so yeah, it was a bit, I think Brentford deserve a lot of credit, but yeah, we were just a little bit, that tempo just dropped, which like we said, against Norwich, we really upped it. Well, we're a bit more direct, a bit more aggressive when they went down to ten. But in this one, we didn't. The tempo certainly didn't rise um, after the sending off, which was disappointing. But
0: one thing I uh, saw on Twitter that a lot of fans were expecting Pearson to start, and I think most of us were. But he was doing what Neil originally suggested, and playing Wilshire at home, but some people weren't overly enamoured with Jack's performance yesterday. Uh, do you think that had an effect, Neil?
3: Yeah, I mean, Pearson's the original worker bee in midfield, isn't he? He, uh, he gets around the pitch and does a, does a hell of a job. The Jack Wilshire, um, I know everyone seems to disagree with me on this. I think he's a number 10. I know people always say, well, he doesn't give you goals and assists, but I still think if he's going to play, I think we've learned over the years that we've had him, he has to play in a free role. When you play him deep, he just doesn't... I know he prefers to play there, but he doesn't cover the ground. He doesn't win no. the tackles. It was so clear that there was a lack of energy in our midfield. Um, but I think, you know, in that number 10 role, he's away from all of the, the need to do that. And he's he's silky and he's got beautiful vision. But obviously, he's not currently as good as Phil Billings, so he wouldn't get in the side in that, in that role. Um, but yeah... I just think him and when you put him and Stanislas in a side together, you go back to some of the stuff we saw earlier on in the season where people are kind of playing for themselves a little bit more. There's a lot of flicks and stupid, you know, st- stupid little things. I just think we we become for the in that seven game run a really honest side and and be- you know honest hard working side. And Pearson was at the heart of that. Yesterday, I think we went back to the sort of like, aren't we talented? Look at my little flick. Yeah. Look at my little body faint. Just doesn't cut it in the championship. So, you know, I don't think either of them will start in a key game. Um, so it probably won't be a problem, but I think that was the heart of what was wrong yesterday. I think there's an
2: argument as well for if, if for, for billing to work really, really well. The players behind billing need to be working really, really hard. That You know, it just doesn't work for him otherwise, because he's not, he's not going to be able to track back, win the ball, bring the ball forward. He needs someone to do a lot of that hard work for him. So he can just drift around and find space. And I felt that, that part of his game was lost yesterday as well because of the way that it it kind of fell. Yeah, yeah I think that,
1: uh, you know, not, not giving kind of Jack any sort of criticism. It's more the fact that recently, everything that's been going well has been built off that Pearson and Lerma. That yeah. makes, as you said, Tiggs, that makes billing better. It also gives, it makes our Y-men more effective. It, it literally, everything makes the yeah. fullbacks better. It's yeah. just, that seems to be the platform that since we've had them two, that's really just made everything tick. And just by taking one out, one like piece out of that puzzle out, it just affects yeah. everything. Um but I think that will I think Woodgate would have seen that. Um and you know, like Nilson as well, I think Wilshire if he's ever gonna gonna play really, it should just be on in games for Billion. I don't I don't think I don't think, yeah, I don't I, I don't see him now ever kind of like you say we've got a couple of games that technically don't really mean too much, so we might, but Yeah, I don't see him getting ahead of Pearson and Lerma now. I think it will just be maybe coming on for for Bill in certain games. But yeah, we really miss Pearson big time, and that shows what an impact he's had, doesn't it?
0: Was it me? Or could you not really say, okay, say if you just turned up and watched the match after, you know, sixty minutes, sixty-five minutes. Firstly, you wouldn't know which is the most expensive striker. Well, you would, but you wouldn't You know, you'd have got it wrong because uh, obviously Solanke, 20 million and, you know, Ivan Tony for what Brentford paid for him. They've they've had a substantial return, put it that way. And if you thought that one player, one team had a player sent off, you wouldn't think it was Brentford because Tiggs, they were they were swarming all over us.
2: Yeah, they were indeed. Um, I'm going to I'm going to try and beehive with the puns now. I'll stop. Okay. Uh, they were swarming all over us. Yeah, I don't know. I just, you look at the kind of player that Ivan Tony is and the, the kind of game that he plays and, and you know, running onto the ball. And, and then you look at the kind of player that Dom Solanke is and what he's actually really good at. And I know he scores some goals. What he's really good at is he's, he's that first touch, holding up the ball, find another man. He didn't get a chance really to do that at all. Um, and I thought he was the best of our front four and it was still not great. So hmm. I think... Playing that direct style that Brentford did worked really, really well against us. And if we'd switched it to that, if we'd tried something like that a bit earlier with Sam, then I think maybe we might have done, done a bit better.
0: Hmm. Oh, yeah, I mean, I could be waxing lyrical about how Brentford were playing actually towards the end of that. So I thought they controlled it really well, but it felt, Neil, like the writing was on the wall. And we were doing a watch lot, myself and Jeff Hayward, and we could sense that a goal was coming. And towards the end of the game, it did. I think it was the substitute, Tom, wasn't it? Yeah,
1: Bueno. Yeah. I think his name was. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah, quite yeah, on.
0: And, you know, whether Azmir should have done better with the, with the initial shot, I'm not too sure. But then it hit the back of the net. And at that stage, 1 0. Discuss Diego Rico's part in that goal because was he, he at it. fault? I can't. I mean, it certainly didn't stand out to me. Maybe I've missed
1: something. I mean, in general, by the way, I, I actually thought Diego done okay. We know he's... Lloyd Kelly's been brilliant and we know we're going to have to have Rico for a little bit. And there's a lot of pressure on him. And, um, you know, we know he's... Str- and I thought he'd done okay. I thought he started start the game right. But I'm trying to think of the goal. I'll sense...
0: Has anyone else... Oh, I can't
1: remember I can't Rico. remember the
3: goal. I was, I was dreading, no, Sam, asking, I was dreading <laughs> Sam asking me <laughs> to describe the goal. It
0: came I'm from trying- the... It came on their right-hand side and yeah. um, Ivan Tony. Uh, I think, got a shot in on goal, which Begovic managed to parry, but not very far. You know, it was the worst kind of parry, really, because it went straight to uh, Morbuemo, who he couldn't really miss there. There was a a diving challenge, but he was nowhere near it. But apparently Rico at fault. And look, if we want someone at left back, I think we're all in favour of Lloyd Kelly at the moment because he seems to have a little bit of a better uh, relationship with Dan Juma, who we'll just touch on, Tiggs. I didn't realise he was there for most of the game. Solanke, I didn't realise he was there. There were many people that, are, you know, I can barely remember like them having any part in the game.
2: Yeah, I mean, we've said it all already and Neil was spot on. The players went back to that kind of, you know, playing individually rather than as a team. Um, there are some points in the game where we had chances and there was a shot rather than squaring it and, and things like that that. You know, we've seen before, we've seen this team do that before. Tom had it spot on. We lost, you know, we weren't moving the ball around quick enough. And when we went down to, they went down to 10 men, we've even slowed it down even more, which was just weird. Like, why are we going for possession against 10 men? Um, Yeah. So, and in terms of him disappearing from the game, well, they had him pinned, didn't they? They realised exactly what they needed to do to stop him. And the worrying thing about that is that so many goals have come from him and so many goals he's been involved in that when you do take him out of the game like that, and as good as he is, he's not going to beat three men. Not not regularly, anyway. He's We know that. We know that, especially his little stand on the ball trick and wait, that's not going to work there. Um, so, yeah, we've realised that when you take that out, when somebody takes that out of our team, we look a little bit toothless. Um, and that's a bit of a worry.
1: I think it was a combination yeah. as well. I think it was a combination of, sorry, no. Um, Brentford doing it very well. But also, like we just alluded to then, he's just he's formed a really good relationship with Lloyd Kelly. And I yeah. think it would have been interesting to see how well they would have coped if Lloyd was there. Do you know what I mean? How much of an impact that had? And maybe we'll find out if we were to play him again. And saw a few people saying in the chat, Lloyd does look like he's probably going to be back for the playoffs. They said he might miss Wickham. Um, which would be key for us. But but yeah, I think that played a part as well. That um it was that left side was, you know, changed because we didn't have Lloyd Kelly there.
3: Yeah, but well, we didn't we, we also didn't have Brooks, did we? So, no. d- d- um, David, I think if you look recently, we've been going down the left all the time, down the left, down the left. I think we would, if Brooks had been playing, we'd have realised we were getting no joy down the left, and we would have given it to given it more down the right. And David Brooks would have done a better job on the right yesterday than um, Stanislas did.
0: What do you do if you Woodgate? Do you look to chase the game or just see it out because it does not really matter anyway.
3: Uh, no, I think the damage was done by then and the rot had set in. And I think the, the it was a tempo issue yesterday. Uh, right. I don't I don't think you get tempo back in the last 10 minutes because Brentford were obviously going to sit in, which they did. Uh, hard to create tempo when you've got no space. Uh, so, you know, all, all the changes possibly should have happened before. Um, <clears throat> by that stage, it was clearly going to be Surridge on, uh, Pearson on, um, you know, long diagonal balls into the box uh trying to find the flanks just you know e- easy stuff for brentford to to shut down so mm-hmm. I, I i sat there i'd have been really surprised if we scored after they scored um, yeah. we, we, we never looked like we still ended up with the same stat didn't we of one shot um as we did in the uh in the in the previous uh, in the previous half so um and and brentford's incredible record against us with 10 men um I've forgotten some of the games. I remember one, I remember the cup, uh, cup tie with Sean O'Driscoll. I remember it because he left one up front all the way through the game. Um, but Brentford have beaten us the last three times. They've been down to 10 men. They've beaten us
0: 1-0. There we go. Brentford left Dean Court with three points and a very happy manager. I'm sure someone I'm sure that uh, Jonathan Woodgate will be coming up against in the next uh, few games. Hey, so it'll be interesting now to see how the psychology has affected Tiggs because you know when your computer starts to like slow down and you know you just think you know what I'll just restart turn it off and turn it on again will that will that have a positive effect because complacency could have been setting in and if we're gonna have a loss why not have it now rather than in four or five games time whatever it is could it could it actually be better for us have we lulled Brentford into a full sense of security? Maybe.
2: I hope so. I mean, what's our record for, for wins in a row or, or win, you know, loss without losing? Sorry, straight without losing. It's because I mean, that would have been that would have been we've had 18. seven, so I've been eight, eight
3: wins. So been that eight was wins. Set a record.
2: Now, we were never going to go what 11, 12, 13 wins, were we? No, we were, we were never going to go 13 wins. So, if we're going to lose a game, let's lose them now. Because we don't want to lose them then. There is the argument that we, you know, going into the playoffs in form, we're still in form. We've lost one. We've Mm -hmm. lost one game in, you know, well, we just said it, in eight. So psychologically, I don't think those players can really be concerned about Brentford per se, but they should certainly be looking at their performance and thinking, why didn't we raise our levels there because they didn't raise their levels. Tom was spot on. And you, know, you can talk about how well Brentford played, but we didn't try and come up and meet them. Mm. So we've got more in us. We've
3: definitely got more in us. Yeah. Plus, yeah. we've seen how they're going to play against us next time. But what they haven't seen is how we're going to play against them with Pearson and Brooks. Yeah, yeah. good point. And, Ke- and Kelly and Dunjima, uh, um working with each other. They've not seen that. We've seen everything about them in both games. They haven't seen us. There yeah, might
1: have super Shane Longback as well, who knows? <laughs> yeah.
0: So if you're a fan of the opposition sides, very shortly we're going to be going through and talking about your club. Um, but first, Brentford, Tom, probably the favourites, right?
1: Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, watching the game and I think Brentford are definitely the, you know, if we're not including ourselves, talking about the opposition, they're definitely the best of the bunch, in my opinion, not saying that the others can't beat us. Of course they can. Uh, Barnes already have once. But um, I still think we're favourites. I would still say we're favourites. Um, On what basis? On the basis that I think, I think it's fair to say that most people on the outside opposition fans would say it's between Bournemouth and Brentford, right? Brentford, we spoke about this off-air, Brentford in the playoffs. I think, Neil, what was it you said? Was it eight times? I think they've been in it eight times. They've never come through it. I mean... That's, that says a lot. We're talking about psychological stuff with the fact they've beat us twice. There's nothing more psychological than that. And, um, yeah, I think we also said that they lost to Fulham, didn't they, in the playoffs, who they done the double over in the league. So, uh-huh. you know, you look at, look at that. And I just think that Brentford, this is why, which I'm sure we'll come on to, why I'd prefer in a one-off game at Wembley as well. Just think it's, it's up here for them a little bit. I mean, that's a lot. That's not, oh, they were in the playoffs last year. and Eight times, and they've never come through it. And we've only never not come for at once. So, yeah, I, I, I genuinely
0: think because of that, they don't like the playoffs. So I, I still think we're slight favourites, personally. So are they, are they like Tim Henman was to Wimbledon? <laughs>
1: <laughs> maybe, maybe. I mean, I mean give Brentford a bit of credit. I mean, Henman was never going to win it. Brentford still can. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, no, I, I just think, I think that's more of a part than them, the fact that they've done a double on us than the league this season. I yeah. think the fact that they keep, you know, I'm sure there's some new players, stuff like that, but as a group and as a club, they keep getting to the playoffs and they keep falling. Mm. And I, yeah, and I think, and again, they didn't quite make automatic. They keep doing this. So, um, yeah, I, I genuinely, I genuinely think that could play a part and that would edge me to think we're slight favourites. Psycholog-
3: psychologically as well, when you've, the playoffs has got a hor- horrible history of chucking up cruel stories and, if you you know there's a there's every chance they might finish above us. If you finish, a, they might finish above us, and they've definitely done the double over us. So if you then go into a game with that team, you're almost feeling it's slightly unfair that you're there because really you should be up. You finished above them, and you've beaten them twice. What more do you have to do to be in the Premier League? Mm-hmm. So that will really, really play in our favour because I'd much rather be in a final having been beaten twice and finished behind someone because you have got nothing to lose. Whereas if that, you know, imagine how they're going to feel if they finish above us and done the double over us and we go up. Yeah, Yeah.
2: I mean, I I prefer us. I've always preferred us as underdogs because we've spent so long being underdogs. So I, I prefer that, that feeling, you know. However, if you look on Twitter today, a number of different people have run polls on who they think is going to get through the playoffs. And the majority of fans think it will be us. And wow. that's purely for the face you know, place of where the players we've got, the money that's been spent on our squad, really come on, financially, we are as good as Brentford are and Brentford has spent a fair bit, to be fair. I mean, if they don't go up this time, they might be in a little bit of trouble. But when you look at it that way, you think, well, we've got to be the favourites from that mm-hmm. from that point of view. Um a mm-hmm. lot of team a lot of fans want Barnsley to go up. They want Barnsley to go up, but well, they would freely yeah. admit that they're not the favourites to do so.
0: At this stage, Tom, I think it's right and proper because we congratulated Norwich City on Twitter. We've got to do the same with Watford. And apparently a lot of their local men were pleased. Uh, They wore the (laughs) T-shirts. Watford, they did deserve it, didn't they? I mean, I think them and uh, Norwich have been head and shoulders above most of the rest of the division. And it was ironic that that match at Dean Court where that whole Lerma thing happened kick-started a run of ridiculously good results for them. Something that we needed a little bit earlier and then we might be in their shoes now, but they did it at the right time and a, a, a deserved promotion. So two relegated clubs from last year have got promoted back. Can we be the third? But what are your thoughts on Watford, Tom? Come on.
1: Yeah, Watford have, Watford have um, deserved deserve to go up, you know, serve Norwich. Um, It's, it's a difficult one because we've played them We've obviously played four times. We've played Norwich twice, not for twice. We don't even look like losing to any of them. It's, it's yeah. really odd. But they're, 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 they've been more consistent. They've, I think you can make a case for any of the three, you know, if you include ourselves in it, of who's got the best squad. I think that's up for, for, for debate, to be honest. I think they're all very close. Um, but they've been more consistent um, through the season, so they deserve it. Um, congratulate Dan Goslin. He's back in the Premier League, which I'm, I'm pleased for him. Obviously yeah. scored a crucial goal for him the other night. and I am pleased for him because Gos is a great great player's been great for us and it's a shrewd signing for him. You know, he, he yeah. didn't he was not gonna come in and play every minute, but um he was gonna score a big, go- a big goal big goals he did and he was always gonna put a shift in for him. So yeah, please for him. And we'll 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 join him next season. It's fine and um I'll take six points off him again. But um was not even yeah. six. What did I say? That was four wasn't it God yeah. didn't even take six points. No, I think it was weird seeing I could not believe that their players actually had a local man is pleased on the I mean we're still we're still up there, see? They're up. We're still in there. They cannot... They're still not going to be champions either, by the way. So no. I would rather win the league like we did and then go through it through the playoffs. No one wants to come. what's the point of a second? You want to either win the league or win the playoffs. All right? With, That's all you want. More well, second's pointless. second pointless. With um, this,
0: with this stuff it. on... Um... On Twitter, this kind of rivalry that emanate from social media, which which makes it the weakest rivalry ever. I think you fans have played their part, of course, and there' been a number of fixtures between us where the referee's been on their side, their so, uh, like our side, they think we're cheats and all that kind of stuff. it's It's quite bizarre that they're you know doing all this doing like t-shirts over just some like incident that I you know what? I completely forgot about it. But in terms of rivalries, is this how
1: Southampton now feel, Tom? <laughs> Maybe. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's a weird one. Like you say, it's a weird kind of rivalry, if you want to call, call it that. Um, it's probably, yeah, they just, it was it all kind of stemmed from us. You know, we won the league and they didn't, you know, because they couldn't hold on to a 1-0 lead against Sheffield Wednesday. It's not our fault. Um, but yeah, I think, put it this way, if we, if we were to go up and play Watford next season... And you said, what do you want the score to be? I want it to be 1-0. I want it to be a dive. I want VAR to mess something up. It not work properly. <laughs> Which it probably just, will. Yeah, I just like it because they do. And that, that said, oh, you know, credit to them, obviously, joking aside. But that's what just made me laugh. I thought they just got promoted. They're still wearing shirts about us,
3: about losing to us 1-0. And the fact they didn't like, oh, come on, just enjoy yourselves. You, the one thing you do have to question, though, was was the was it bright of us to let Dan Gosling go to a promotion rival? Because he's... He secured six points for them, hasn't he? Um, and you know, okay, someone else might have scored those goals, but maybe they wouldn't. So those six points um, would have made Watford's end of the season with a tricky run very difficult. I was sort of golden rule of football is that you you don't sell to people that are very close around you or, or, or close to you. Um, I don't know if he would have ever got in our side much because I think. Jason had lost faith in him. I'm not sure he's a Jonathan Woodgate player. I think Pearson would have played, but he's definitely strengthened them. Six points. I well, thought that. And I i yeah. was,
1: sorry. Sir. Yeah, I was, I got, I got a few, I got a bit of grief actually when I said, well, after we got the winner. And I, you know, said on Twitter that, you know, could have written that in the sense we know what Golston's about, giving him to arrivals, But how about you few pelters? Because everyone was saying we wouldn't have got Pearson otherwise. And I was thinking, no, that's not my point. We I'm not mm-hmm. saying that Golston would have got in our team. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm saying... You know, he spoke to Nottingham Forest, and obviously he decided yeah. not to go to Nottingham Forest. Uh-huh. We we should be in a position to go. Gos, you can go. Of course, you can go if you're not going to sign another contract. But you're still in contract to the end of the season. You are not going to one of our rivals. Go to anyone else. Mm. You are not. And if you say, and the only team out of these clubs I've spoke to that I want to go to is Watford, you say no. Yeah. You, you say no because it's it, it cannot be beneficial to let him go to a rival rather than just let him see out the season and go to Forest. Fine, he's not going to be on the wage bill that much longer. Mm. Um yeah, that's, that's what I think. I just it really, I didn't think it was, yeah, people seem to be, you know, not getting the point in terms. Of, I'm not saying he would have got in our team. Definitely not with Pearson signing. But yeah. uh, what, you don't give him to a rival. You're just strengthening them. I mean, there's a reason they wanted him, isn't there? So
0: Brentford then. We're going to go back to him because we're going to go through all sides. I think we're going to face him at some point, Tiggs. And we put a poll out on Twitter <laughs> to ask whether you'd rather face them over two legs, home and away, or just that one-off match. I'll come to you first before we show you what the results of the poll were. How would you rather face Brentford ticks? Uh,
2: that's hard. I think probably if, if we're saying that they're the, the best team and they've got two, we, we want them. To, uh, I think probably once, only because if we play them, we've played them twice already. <laughs> we've played them twice already and it hasn't been great. So, you know, you've got to get it right third time. Third time, lucky. Let's not have a chance to get them back in it afterwards. That's really it, I think.
0: And Neil, you, uh, do you subscribe to that theory?
3: Yeah, definitely once. Uh, similarly, um, I think a lot of the other teams will be worried about us. And I think if you ask Brentford or uh, Swansea or Barnsley fans, they'd all say we'll play Bournemouth once. It's just the the law The law of football, isn't it? If you, we all know with the playoffs, you can get a sending off, you can get a fluke goal, you can get all those things. They can go for you, they can go against you. In those situations, you want to be playing the stronger side once because what you don't want is for them to have a chance to even it out in a second game because they will. So, uh, so yeah, definitely, I think Brentford are the stronger of the three sides just, um, and so I would play them once.
1: Tom? Yeah, I agree. I agree with all the points made. I think... Um... If you play, if we're if we're set, we're obviously making this debate because we think Brentford, apart from ourselves, are the strongest. And if you've got if you've got to play a strong team, you you want to play them in a one-off game. You got one chance. Can you just do them in one game? If if you think they're a strong team, you don't want to give them another opportunity. You don't have to play them twice. You don't have to get through two games with them. Um, kind of made that point before, didn't I? Like in cup finals and stuff, anything can happen. But if a big team's playing a smaller team, so I know this is not the case, but just to generalise the point. Um, Real Madrid playing someone in the league below in Spain, that team in the league below in one-off game might be able to pull something out of the bag. Over two legs, even if they scrape something in the first leg, Real Madrid just pull it back in the next. So, yeah, I'd prefer them in a one-off game, definitely. But not that I'm saying I don't think we're capable of beating them too. two. You know, they have beat us, done double-offs this season, but let's not at like Brentford are leaps and bounds above us. Not at all. Um, and to be honest, I'm not really, you know, you ask questions, so I'll answer it, but to be honest, I'll take any of them uh I don't see it. if we're on our on our day we'd be any of them in one game two games no problem
0: interesting okay so this is what uh the AFC Bournemouth supporting public thought and they broadly agree with you 73% are going for a one off match and only the 27 over two legs but it's quite interesting to see some of the comments on that because we asked for um a little bit of feedback on the back of that as well so what I'll do is um bring in some opinions of of what people said and what Kirk said though I think Kirk makes a good point, Neil. I'll show that shortly. He said, you know, we've seen matches where we do make stupid mistakes and it would allow us the time to claw it back. We don't want a situation whereby uh, we make a blooper in the 85th minute and then the game's gone and it's done against Brentford. Over two legs, maybe it'll give us, you know, because if we are the better side, we should beat them over two legs. If we're not, then we won't. So surely it's going to be, you provide more of a chance for a fairer result in total no mm,
3: uh, you can argue that in any game uh, i just I, I still go back to the uh, i know we've been waiting for kirk to make a great point all year but <laughs> i was <I, I, laughs> <laughs> oh, joking. I was joking. he scored in two game consecutive games um, the uh, no so I, I still go back to the point is you know that we've all said you're going to want the you're going to want the stronger one once uh, and uh i can't, i can't I can't see it any other way than that
1: I'd go back to the point we all kind of made earlier as well on specifically on Brentford and this thing they've got in the playoffs i I get you get them you know' it's obviously talk yeah. there potentially might be fans at Wembley as well Brentford eight times in the playoffs never got out of it they're in a final their fans are back they've got another
3: chance they'll bottle it i don't Come even there. think they'll make i don't even think they'll necessarily make the final really? because i think if, you, if you've got that if you've got that hoodoo over you, their form's not great. Um, I know they won yesterday, but their form's not great. I think there's every chance that they could go into a 2 leg game with Barnsley and get bullied out of it. You've
2: got to be fair to the other teams as well. I mean, you look at that playoff, those four playoff places, has it ever been any closer? I don't know if it has, no. to be honest. We could finish in the complete reversal to how we are now by the end of this yeah. season. So who knows, really? I mean... Swansea and Barnsley have got a different style of play. Swansea are going to try and keep it to a 1-0, you know, frustrate somebody. If you get a sending off early, that's going to work to Swansea's favour definitely. Uh, and then you've got Barnsley who oh, they they do make me nervous. They do make me nervous the way that they played against us. They exploited our weaknesses without really trying. It's just the way they play football. The way that they play football
3: is opposite to the way that we do and we don't really deal with it very well. Yeah. They've got the country behind them, Barnsley. If we, if we yeah. don't go up, yeah. If we don't go up, I want Barnsley to go up. I'm sure yeah. the majority of Bournemouth fans will say the same. Be good to see them in the Premier League, it'd be fresh, it'd be fun. Um it's been a while since they've been there. But the but yeah. Uh, so Tom, talk to me about Swansea
0: then. Talk to me about Swansea. Um, strengths, weaknesses. I mean, when we've played them, I think we've dominated, haven't we? We dominated yeah. them at their place, somehow came out with a draw, but at our place it was a a really comfortable 3-0. So if we're going to play them in the semis, we'd you know we'd be happy to draw them, surely.
1: Yeah, I think that's what I'll say, if there's anyone from the opposition fans kind of watching, it's obviously we can only really go off the games we've played against them. There's no doubt on the league position that Swansea are a good side. I just haven't seen it the two times we played them. I mean when we went at their place, they just defended the whole game mm. and just and almost looked happy to get a 0-0 at home. It was really odd. We should have scored, we should have won that game. Um and then the and we was it three 0 Yeah, we spanked them not that long ago. They just looked rubbish. But I know they can't be. Do you know what I mean? I know they can't be. I see the points. You know, they're they're clearly good side. I see the squad. Um, I use a good player. They've got some good players in there. Um, but just when we've played them in the two games, yeah. whether it's one of the things that I, I would have thought, Swansea fans won't want to be playing us in the right. sense that you know how I felt was um very we were. By far, the dominant team over hundred and eighty minutes of the two games, so um yeah, if I as I say, I play off for forglapp and don't really mind, but if you ask me to pick or you get to pick who we play, it would definitely be Swansea
0: yeah Barnsley, Neil, we smashed them at their place in a match where they were in it weirdly, they were actually in it for. You know, it felt like we somehow, I mean, I think it flattered us. But then the more the game went on, I think, actually, in the second half, we dominated. But in the first half, especially, it just felt weird to be going in. I think it was 2-0 at that point in time. But they're a, they're a really interesting side and, you know, tactically very different from what we've seen from a number of players. I mean, he even he takes off all his like, attacking players at half-time to give them a rest and brings on his next
3: three. So, I mean, I mean, Barnsley will forever go down in history as a side that allowed Diego Rico to score a goal against them, won't they? But they, um, <laughs> they uh, and what a goal it was, too. But, Amazing. So, Barnsley are all about high-press energy and getting balls into the box from set-pieces. Uh, re- a really distinct style of play. It's a really good example of when you get an excellent manager with a lesser group of players. And he has to fashion something that gives them an advantage over everyone else because they haven't got the squad strengths that players, that teams like we have. Exactly what Eddie did for us, uh, developed a style of football that was unplayable um, because he didn't have the money to buy, to go out and sign, tw- you know, £10 million strikers. So that's why I really like them because they're an intelligent side and in they play to their strengths. Um, the reason why it takes... All the forwards off. I've got a mate who's a Barnsley fan. tells me, you know, over and over again, is because they have to get through such an insane amount of work because yeah. of the way he demands they play. Because maybe they're not as talented, without any, you know, disrespect to them. So he has to keep swapping them around because their legs are gone. So the the, the five substitute thing suits them suits them down to the ground. And I think without that, they might not be as high as they are. But you know, great great example of uh, making the best of what you've got. It will not be very easy for us. For one reason, we can't defend balls into the box yeah. very well. Uh, that's, the, that's the problem with us playing Barnsley. I think if we, they, they didn't get the opportunities to get as many balls in the box in the home game as they did against us down here in their away game. Uh, that, that was the difference between the two. So we've got to, we've got to really watch them because I think if, if, it wasn't, if we could defend balls in the box brilliantly, they would not be a problem for us, but they will be a big problem for us if we play them.
0: And plus, we can't get balls into the box either, Neil.
3: No, well, we're not, not at the moment. Well, certainly, there's no point in playing. I mean, Dom Solanke's not a great header of the ball anyway. So if Surridge isn't playing, we're much better off trying to recycle it along the ground to Billing or whoever's coming in the box anyway.
2: Honestly, okay. as well, they do remind me a little bit of, not in their style of play, but in their makeup of the, the team that went up under Eddie Howe yeah. to the Premier League. You know, in the way that how hard they work, how close knit they look, yeah. which reminds me of all the things I don't like about this squad of players. Because our squad of players, although how talented they are, far more talented probably, um, certainly the price tag would say that. They don't feel like they quite have that. Occasionally, we've seen yeah. it, but they don't. They tend to work a lot for themselves rather than the team. They go into those little slumps, uh, and they they lose that. Uh, what's the word I want? What's the word? Cohesion. Cohesion, lovely word. Thank
3: you, Neil. That's sure. exactly
1: the word I wanted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, they're they're a good, good sign. I like the fact that they had um a real identity as well, which also goes yeah. back to us under Eddie. I um, yeah. thought they had a real identity. Um, you know, I remember the few uh, people said in the chat as well. I remember their goalkeeper was having one money against us and making it, but I liked the fact that he kept doing it because he knew yeah. that was his job. They wanted him to do that, and all their players yeah. seemed to have this way of playing and this identity that I, I really liked and. I remember when we'd done our, uh, you and I, Sam, on one of the watch-alongs, we'd done like a halfway point. i tried to predict the league table, which we yeah. were going to win the league and all this. But the thing I got the most pelters for was saying that Barnsley could creep in them playoffs because at the yeah. time they were like 12th or something. But I've never seen the team, I've never watched a team win 4-0 and I was impressed with Barnsley. Mm-hmm. It was really odd. I remember we'd been 4-0 and I thought they were quite good, you know. Um, and obviously it's, it's players' part. I've been really impressed with them. And yeah, if it weren't for the fact that you know we can't go up if they do. I would be be rooting for them, but yeah, listen, we're speaking about Brentford a lot because we've just played them. But Barns are a hell of a side. I've been really probably over the two games. I one of the teams I've been the most impressed with this season, definitely. So um, they won't. They're no mugs. They will. They will provide. And Nor Swansea, they'll also, they'll be doing the reverse of what we're saying about against Brentford. That we will have something to prove because they've done a double on us. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Swansea were useless both times they played us. So they would have learned on that as well. So playoffs, anything can happen.
0: Before we go, you know what it's time for. What we'll do is we'll predict the results. We've done this so many times. We're going to do it again. Brentford have got a game in hand and that game in hand is against Rotherham. So Tom, I'll put that to you first to predict that one.
1: Uh, 2-0 Brentford. Rotherham are useless. They've they've had about 10 games in hand to try and get out of it and they just keep losing. Um, 2-0 Brentford, but Rotherham... They need to pull something out of the bags. They could
0: catch Derby still, couldn't they?
1: Yeah, I think Brentford would have been far too good for them.
0: Okay, Tiggs. We'll just do the uh, playoff sides. We will not bother doing the top two. So when we look at the overall table, Norwich and Watford will have only played 44. All we're concerned with, who's finishing where? So Tiggs, Brentford against Watford. That's a tricky one.
2: That's a really tricky one. And I think previous to Watford's promotion, I was going to go with Watford. I think it might kind of I just, what are they what are they turning up for? I mean, they they it's can a way... still
0: do it in terms of the title, but then Norwich are playing Reading, who are.
2: No, they not do, do, do it. They aren't champions, Sam. Jesus, they can't do it. But then at the same time, what's Brentford got to? Do? You know, I don't know. I think it's going to be a draw.
3: Okay. I think I'll, I'll go with a two-all.
2: Two-all,
0: okay. Barnsley, Neil, they're at Preston North End. What about that one?
3: They'll win one-nil. Preston are crap at home, and Barnsley are decent away. Um, B-1-0. Swansea v Derby, Tom? Uh,
0: 3-0 Swansea. Derby are absolutely useless.
2: And, Tiggs, I'll give you the joy of AFC Bournemouth at Wickham. I think we're probably going to beat him, unfortunately, for Wickham, I think we'll win 2-0. 2-0.
0: Brilliant. All right. Excellent stuff. And then match week 46, the, the last one. Uh, Tom, go on then. You have AFC Bournemouth v Stoke.
1: Oh, I'll go for a 1-0. 1-0 Bournemouth. Um, yeah, we'll go for that.
3: Uh, Neil, Brentford are at Bristol City. Brentford. Mm, uh, I'm going to say one 0 Brentford.
0: One nil Brentford. Okay, excellent. Uh, it was we've got Barnsley there at home to Norwich. Tom.
1: Uh, yeah, I'll go. I'll go with uh, I still think Norwich. Last day. They'll, they're they're too good. Barnsley be resting players ready for the
2: playoffs. Yeah, two one Norwich.
0: Two one Norwich. Okay, in Swansea they're they're up against Watford at Vicarage Road. Tegs
2: yeah i think similar to tom i think they'll probably do the same kind of thing uh but i don't think watford uh, i think watford might get some of their kids a run out as well so i'm gonna go with a nil nil
0: nil okay so what we've done we predicted the remaining uh games for the four playoff side so what we're gonna do is calculate the table and this is what happens brentford finish in third on 85 points bournemouth in fourth on 83 swansea would be in fifth on 81 barnsley 180. And you look at that, Bournemouth v Swansea, you take that based on our performances there. Brentford against Barnsley, not an easy fixture for no. them.
3: I, I think this is how it will play out. And I think Barnsley will win because I think Brentford's hoodoo and Barnsley's ability in the air in and pressing them in two games. You know, if you, took, if you look at the fixture since Christmas, Barnsley will be well ahead of Brentford. Uh, so I genuinely believe it's going to be a Barnsley-Bournemouth final. Trevor Aylock derby.
0: We'll take that. Um, Swansea then in um, in the semi-finals, Tom? We've got enough, surely.
1: Yeah, I would like to think so. Like I say, after two games we played and won't impress by them. But um, yeah, I'd love, uh, that'd be great if it turned out on Neil said. I mean, Lincoln were quite a direct side, weren't they? That's the last time I remember a playoff mm-hmm. final and we turned them over. So uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm quietly confident. I still think we're going to do it, you know. I still think we're going to do it. Um, last time Norwich and Watford got promoted from the Championship, we went with them.
0: Good stuff. And Tiggs, closing comments. Um, you're Jonathan Woodgate. What are you saying to the boys ahead of Wickham?
2: Well, I mean, for Jonathan Woodgate, I wonder if this is job done for him. I mean, this was his job, wasn't it? To make sure we're in the playoff places by the end. He'll want to try and keep this job. So he's got to get him really riled up and ready to go. There's no reason why we can't beat these teams that are in front of us. It's doable. It's doable. Got to do it. We've got Got to do it. it. Maybe next week, Sam, we can talk about whether Jonathan Woodgate will be staying beyond this season. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah,
0: we'll do that. Tom, thanks very much for coming on, mate. Really appreciate it. Cheers, mate! I've just realised I had like a little. I got like a little
1: stress toy thing, and I actually ripped it when we were talking about Watford. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> love it, Tiggs. Thanks. Thanks very much for your company this evening.
3: And you, know, Up, yeah. cherries, and also Neil. Yeah, well, I've got a little stress thing as well, and I drank <laughs> it while we, I drank it while Tom was talking about Watford. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hi, this is the Biggin, Steve Fletcher, and you're listening to Back of the Net. Love it. Really enjoyed that show with the boys, and there you have it. That's what's going to happen in the playoffs. Let us know what you think. You can get in touch via Twitter, where we'd love to hear from you. We're at AFCB Podcast. And if you want to see most of that content that you've just listened to, well, it's on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash AFCB Podcast. So, there we go. We did a watch-along for that match at the weekend, and it was one with me and Jeff. Now, me and Tom on our own doing a watch-along are still 100% record. Unbeaten, wins all the way, and on Saturday, it's Wickham Wanderers at Adams Park. We really want to be getting three points there. So if you want to join us for that, then head over to our YouTube channel. But for the usual analysis, we're going to be back next Monday. Remember, if you want to help us out by leaving a review for this pod, we would really appreciate it on your podcast app. Just leave some kind words if you can. And if you also want to help donate with a coffee, then go to afcbpodcast.com slash coffee to help with all our running costs here. At back of the net. But... Until next time, this has been Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast.
3: Richie.